It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Welcome to this episode of Kennedy Saves the World. And uh, today I have to save you from holiday depression because many people don't talk about it, but it is a very specific type of depression that haunts a lot of people during the holidays that that make what should be a very happy time of year uh, very lonely and isolating. So joining me now, the award-winning author of the Fix Yourself Empowerment Series. The Fix Yourself Handbook, the Fix Your Anxiety Handbook, and the new Fix Your Depression Handbook. We're going to talk about holiday depression because it sucks. Faust Ruggiero, welcome to Kennedy Saves the World. Kennedy, thanks so much for inviting me. It's a pleasure to be with you today. So I really feel for people who uh, suffer from this. My grandmother died on Christmas Eve, and it's almost like it's an extra hurdle to get over in addition to holiday stress. But, you know, the, the typical holiday stress that sort of eats away at people is very different from actual holiday depression. So how would you describe and categorize holiday depression? You know, it's a great question. Uh, people who experience that, there's a number of things. It's seasonal, certainly. Uh, you know, we have that cycle. It's seasonal depression hits people around this time of the year. The other thing that happens is, uh, and you hear it all the time, depressed people are going to say, oh, God, here comes the holidays again. I hate this time of the year. My grandmother died. Or or I, I remember as a kid, uh, all the things that happened. Or just, I can't get into the flow because this is well beyond me. It's too fast and I hate the whole concept. So it's a setup. There are it's you know, that self-fulfilling prophecy thing. Here we go. It's just not going to be a good time. And a lot of it sort of centers around having to give people stuff, which if you don't have a lot of money, if you don't have a job right now or you're just not making enough money, you already wake up with that worry and regret every day. So you throw on top of that people living these kind of picture-perfect lives on social media. What What is the solution for that? Well, there's a couple things, you know, it, it, it's about buying things, but it's also about the pace of the holidays and the festivities. When you have depression, you know, there's that aloneness uh, part to things. You're, you're, you're just, you know, you're on the outside looking in already. Now this thing takes off. The pace is three times what it was. Everybody's laughing and partying and having a good time and there's gifts and the whole thing. So there's that setup. And the first thing I tell people with depression is try not to set yourself up for this. You don't, you're not going to go at that pace, but at least involve yourself a little bit, at least connect with the people. And then the other part is what the people need to do. We're going fast. Oftentimes, we don't want to spend time with a depressed person anyway. And now it's going fast. So, you know, a party poopers in the picture and I'm going to slow down and have to spend time. Do that. Go and at least spend some time with them. Let them know that they're important. Let them know that it's not about gifts or anything. Uh, it's just about you connecting with them and feeling good about being around them. So if you do feel disconnected and lonely, how can you how can you create more meaning in your life? Because it, it seems like if you have a holiday 
season that's kind of centered around meaning, it could be a little bit more fulfilling than trying to chase after presents for people who don't want to be around you because you're such a sad person, which sucks, but it's true. Yeah, you know, and and the key to that is to you know disconnect from all this commercial stuff and the fast pace. Have one or two people. That's what we hope people can have. Just one or two people that you can call, or you know, their family members, or friends, or or you know, your counselor, whatever. Get to people and connect. Uh, the the disconnection will put you deeper into that dark place. You know, the bedroom with the uh, the, the shades drawn. Uh, you know, just try to connect with people. Uh, and, and that changes things. Uh, so you're not out there all by yourself. So I heard um, one expert opinion that uh, holiday music, maybe we shouldn't have so much of it because it's triggering for people. But I disagree. I don't think that that we need to sort of uh, razor down the edges of our lives in order to accommodate people because some holiday music makes people happy. So do we really have to get rid of everything nice? I don't think we have to get rid of anything. It'd be nice to slow the pace on in our individual lives. You know, uh, if, if, you know, you know, people will will cram and wait till now and they're going to go out and buy all their presents and all that insanity. Holiday music is usually upbeat enough. It's it's not it's not depressive. Music. Unless it's blue Christmas, which can Unless be can be sad. Christmas, but that's right. that is. And I hate to say it, but it's a great drinking alone song. You got it, you know, but, but no, you know, and that's what a lot of people will do. And oftentimes experts that are saying that it bothers them. The music bothers them, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we're getting away from rock and roll here. Now they're putting in, uh, you know, on this kind of stuff, you know, uh, we don't need to uh, change the way we're doing it. And the bottom line is we're not going to, that's not going to happen. That's well established. I just think we want to give people a chance to connect a little bit and not pull deeper into the depressive mode. All right, we got more of this interview after this. The Fox News Rundown, a contrast of perspectives you won't hear anywhere else. Your daily dose of news twice a day. Featuring insight from top newsmakers, reporters, and Fox News contributors. Listen and subscribe now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. Do you think that we should be experimenting with more therapist-led psychedelic treatments around the holidays? The therapist-led things are good. Yeah, I, I think that uh, the the more guidance moving forward, the more ability to connect, and that's really the. No, what I'm talking about, like MDMA and ayahuasca and stuff like that, with a therapist. No, no, I don't. Why? Not around the holidays. When you when we're going to look at those kinds of things, we really want to have a more controlled environment. But that's uh, what I'm saying. That it's it's led by a therapist. It's in a controlled environment. I'm not saying go to a club and well, find someone who's selling ecstasy. I'm yeah. saying shouldn't there be more access, uh, especially for things that have such a profound impact on post-traumatic stress disorder and depression and anxiety, like some of the uh, psychedelics that we've seen. And the data has borne that out. Yeah, and, and you're right. And they will help. My, my point is provide, I don't think I'd introduce them only in the holidays because everything's going so fast um, and we don't know what the reactions, most of the reactions are pretty good, but we may have uh, a reaction to something like that, which is completely different where a person gets into the bad trip, so to speak. Um, you know, so if if that could be something that's been part of their therapeutic plan, when the holidays come, by all means, that can help. I think so too. I think that uh, that we should have more of that. And I do think it's going to revolutionize 
therapy and treatment for a lot of people whose uh, pharmaceutical plan has failed them utterly. So tell me what happens to the brain. So if, if someone feels, you know, pretty stable before the holidays, what happens to the brain? What changes take place around the holidays that exacerbate this sleeping depression? It's it's the great question for the holidays. You're right on target. And you introduced it when we first uh, uh, started talking. Grandmother, it's tra- old traumatic things. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's pains from the past. It's anticipation about what's going to happen. Uh, it's setups. It's all the things that mentally we start spinning in our head. And then we, we, we just want to get away from. It's uh, increased alcohol use. Uh, around that time that you know it's a, it's a, uh, a central nervous system depressant uh it's isolating it's all the things we do because we're afraid of what's going on and how we're not going to fit into it it triggers everything do you know that tequila is the only alcohol that is not a depressant it is you're right so maybe people during the holidays should switch to tequila well, that would help if you're going to drink, you might as well drink something that isn't going to uh, provide you with the after effects that are just going to take you down further. I concur. I might try an apple cider margarita this holiday season. There you go. I think I think there are ways around things. And, you know, my therapist, whom I loved so much, I still love her. Um, she uh, she developed skills training. So if if I was ever in distress, then no matter where I was, if it had been months or years since I had seen her, I could always go back to the skills. And, you know, for me, it was eating strawberry yogurt in the middle of the night if my heart was racing or writing down my worries at the same time for the same amount of time uh, every day and, and trying to externalize those things. Can skills like that help people who have holiday depression? Absolutely. And you're touching on a real uh, important point. Uh, Depression is, you know, for the most part, has a lot of the same characteristics for everyone. But for most of us, I I always call it the life thief. It's a personal life thief. It's what works for you. And we don't always tailor our our programs, our treatment programs specifically for the individual. So I'll always, when I work with people, I always go in there and find out how it's personally affecting them, all the things they're doing. And then we put all the measures in that are going to be specific to them. And and we get away from, geez, don't do this. And you're People aren't going to grasp that. A lot of times we roll with the flow, so to speak, and give them things that they're going to be able to do and then transition slowly. Yes, and I think there are exercises that people can do that are not overwhelming where, you know, if they fall off their wagon, they can get back on it pretty easily because I I think that's what happens when, you know, it, it doesn't matter if it's psychology or exercise. If you miss a day, you feel like you failed and then you just don't go back at all. So I, I think you're absolutely right. And there there have to be realistic diagnoses and realistic treatment plans for people. So they kind of look forward to it. And even though they might not be uh, this massive prescription not in terms of pharmaceuticals, but in terms of laying down what will help people incrementally, that's when you get better and that's when you change your brain. 
Exactly. And, and that's what you're talking about, changing your brain. It's, it's it's that learning over time kind of thing. And, you know, at the end of the book, I do a whole chapter on adjusting to this to this whole thing. And I tell people, you are going to slip back. There's no way. It doesn't matter whether you have depression or not. We all screw up, you know. So uh, with, with depression, you're going to slip back. It's going to some of the old, uh, old, old tricks are going to come into play again. When that happens, you just you know, the bike fell, you get back up and you start pedaling again and don't get down on yourself. Just keep little steps. You keep moving forward. Yeah. You have to anticipate when you are going to have setbacks. So, you know, it's like and people who have who suffer from depression are very good at beating themselves up already. That's kind of like their default setting. So, uh, yes, you're you're absolutely right that in order to retrain your brain, you have to be able to have a plan if there is a setback because a setback is not uh, it, it does not end progress. It just means that you have to anticipate something that will help you get back on track. And you're right on target. And and the other the second part of that is how you talk to yourself. Depressed people have a tendency to be very negative and very self-punishing and shameful. Uh, I can't do this and no one likes me and I'm not worthy. And if you're going to keep on saying those things, it will exacerbate the situation. It'll make things so much worse. That doesn't mean you have to say, gee, now I love myself. But you say, you know what? That was okay. I tried and I'll do better next time. Or I really like the way I did that. Or I really like the way I look in that uh, in that outfit, whatever. You give yourself small little compliments. And when you slip back a little bit, you simply say, well, everyone does that. I'll get it next time. Yes. But I do think the way that we talk to ourselves has a profound impact on the lives that we live. Mm -hmm. And that is something that you, no matter what you're experiencing, no matter if you are feeling pain or loneliness or hopelessness, that is one thing that will truly slowly start to change your brain. And that is how you talk to yourself. And, you know, and, and I always tell people, because you're right on target, how you talk to yourself expresses how you feel, but your brain hears it. So it learns from that. And now you're caught in this cycle. So you, you want to end that. You want to stop. You do the best you can to stop uh, talking neg negatively to yourself. And you're going to slip. That's the other part of this. Just because you, were, you, didn't, you weren't so kind to yourself uh, an hour ago, change it around and just say to yourself i'm not going to say those things that's what i tell people say it consciously i'm not going to say those things anymore if it starts say okay i did it i'm going to stop and then just compliment anything i like that thing in my house i like this person i like that television show and just be positive that's all yes and uh and be genuine with yourself because you're mm -hmm. sometimes you're all that you've got so you have to take care of yourself if you're going to save your own world faust thank you so much for your time and thank you for the work you do and treating people and making their lives better and it's been an absolute pressure thank you thank you dear this has been kennedy saves the world i'm kennedy for more podcasts from my friends at Fox, you can go to foxnewspodcast.com. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Listen ad-free with a Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts, and Amazon Prime members can listen to this show ad-free on the Amazon Music app. Oh, go ahead and leave me a review while you're there. I'd love to hear what you have to say. You've been listening to Kennedy Saves the World on the Fox News Podcast Network. 
Jason in the House, the Jason Chaffetz Podcast. Dive deeper than the headlines and the party lines as I take on American life, politics, and entertainment. Subscribe now on foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you download podcasts.